This is Liquid Gold. All right, where the tequila is running low and the seeds are ready to sow, welcome back to another edition of Liquid Gold right here on We Own This Town, weownthistown.net, the We Own This Town podcast network. My name's Mike Wolf, your host today, along with my co-host, Mr. Kenneth Dedman, who will be getting here on the line shortly. It's Agave Month here on Liquid Gold. We are talking all things tequila. We've got Mezcal and some of the fun cousins of tequila up for next week. Today we're going to be talking about some of our favorite flavors to pair with tequila and that we've made cocktails with over the years. My man Kenneth is going to go over prickly pear. He's done some really cool cocktails with it over the years. It's an ingredient you see all over East Nashville this time of year and Nashville in general as the fruits begin to mature and ripen here over the next month or so. That's a fun one to play with. You can also find it in markets all over the city. So we've got lots to talk about with prickly pear today. I'm going to get into cucumber here shortly. It's cucumber and some herbs from the garden, some of my favorite things to pair with tequila and make cocktails with. Let me mention our Instagram real quick, at liquidgold underscore pod. That's at liquidgold underscore pod. Find me on Instagram, Mike Wolf underscore garden to glass. And Kenneth is at D-E-D-M-O-N-K on Instagram, the dead monk, if you will. Now, this is exciting because next week... I've got the ebook Lost Spring, How We Cocktailed Through Crisis. We'll be out on Turner Publishing as an ebook first on Tuesday, August 25th, all for the low, low price of $6.99. $7 just like a happy hour drink. And you get all these different recipes from amazing Nashville area bartenders and bartenders from all over the country. We've got some great submissions from New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles. And also some really cool drinks from Minneapolis. There's a really amazing cocktail scene up there. So excited to get that out there in the world. I wrote some essays for it, and I've got a few cocktails in there. One of my best friends, Matt Campbell, who now lives in Poland, he worked at Robert's Western World for a while here in Nashville, was making the bologna sandwich. He has a really cool how-to for how to do the Robert's bologna sandwich, as well as a little essay about that in the book. So, And there's also all these thoughts about what we've missed about bartending, how we see it changing when things go back, and Nashville has just gone into the modified phase two. Bars are able to reopen here and keep their capacities low. Things are starting to uh, to look up for the industry. And this, this ebook will benefit Tennessee Action for Hospitality. All the proceeds will be going to Tennessee Action for Hospitality for sales all the way through November. Great cause. We can help out some of our service industry comrades and colleagues. There's a lot of beautiful thoughts in here. I want to share one from Leah Smith, one of my favorite bartenders. One of my favorite, most favorite bartenders I ever worked with. If you know Leah, you know she is just special. Sitting at her bar is a real treat, and I hope to someday in the future. But she writes in the chapter where we talk about what we've missed about bartending. She writes, I'm going to read from her section here, quote, I miss the stories my guests would tell me. That was my favorite part of the job, to start someone off on a tale and let the evening revolve around that to let the bar be a place where stories are told. I wanted the patrons to think of themselves as audience and as tellers of stories, whether they be funny, sad, instructive, or wise. And I miss my favorite regulars, who knew they were my favorites because they could always be counted upon for a good tale. My favorite thing to do was to create the conditions where someone could take center stage and help that person enchant the other guests around the bar 
with reminiscences of Australia, the Arctic, or stories of New York City cops and the Jersey Mafia, or tall tales of the hallowed halls of big DC firms and cool Memphis clubs, memories of the Kentucky Hills, good bourbon, and horse races, or inside information about the craziness of the music business, high society, and the rich history of Nashville, Tennessee. I guess I have a big appetite for stories and to hear people speak from their experience, especially older people, as many of my guests were. Maybe to replace that, I've been watching a lot of old movies from the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. If I were at the bar, I would ask my guests, do you remember anything like this happening before? How do you feel about it? How did you deal with it? But I don't have the gift of their lived experience, so I've been watching old movies instead. How did people interpret trouble, plague, and war before this time? How did they imagine their response? End quote. That's Leah Smith. Leah worked at Etch before the COVID-19 shutdowns, and Leah and I worked together at Lyra in East Nashville and back at Chopper when we opened Chopper last year. And she's just a gem. And she's got a cool cocktail in here as well as some thoughts. And there's things like that all over this book. So definitely check that out. We'll be posting a link to Turner Publishing and to Amazon and all that all that good stuff for the ebook coming out next Tuesday, August 25th. All right. Thanks to Stephanie, Heather, Todd, everybody over at Turner Publishing for uh, helping to get this project together, especially Stephanie. We had some phone conversations in the spring where, you know, just feeling helpless and trying to do, figuring out what we could do to just do something, try to be productive, try to raise some money. Thanks to her for pushing this along and I look forward to getting it out there in the world. And eventually we'll be adding more to it and it will come out as a hardcover book next May of 2021. Maybe we'll all be back in the bars at that point. That'd be nice. All right. One of my absolute favorite ingredients that I have been messing with lately with tequila is cucumber. And judging by some of the pictures I've seen from some of my friends who garden, cucumbers have been, the harvest has been good this year. Um, A lot of people have grown cucumbers and are growing more things in their garden. Once they start coming in, you got to get ready and you got to get ready to do something with them. So you can obviously pickle them and all that good stuff. But I love to uh, peel them and use them as garnishes and drinks because that's a really easy way to let their flavor infuse into the drink. So you just peel a couple slices of cucumber, add it to a drink like a gimlet. That's that's one easy way to just use it as a garnish. Another one would be obviously muddling. So you could muddle, say, cucumber and strawberry, do a little riff on a Pimm's cup with a tequila drink. Say you do three-quarter ounce of lime juice, a quarter ounce of agave. You muddle in Two strawberries that are quartered. You can take the tops off. You can leave them on. I I like to leave them on. As I mentioned in Garden to Glass, the uh, tops of strawberries have a really cool herbaceous note to them. And then add in, say, two big slices of cucumber that you have um, cut into four pieces. Add that to your cocktail shaker. Muddle that up. Maybe add a little pinch of salt, some orange bitters, and then your two ounces of tequila, and I think a reposado or a Blanco would be great for this. Shake that up, double strain it because you've got all those ingredients in there into a glass with ice, and then maybe add a touch of soda to it. Stir that around. And then um, what you can do for garnish, you could add a little slice of cucumber dangling off the glass, but also, again, peeling the cucumber and inserting it into the drink. It'll, it kind of sticks out. You can smell 
the, you know, it's such a small piece to use, but it does so much. You can smell it. And as you drink it, it infuses really quickly, adding to that immersive um, experience of the cocktail. So that's a beautiful thing to do with cucumbers. Another thing, got to throw a shout out to my sister-in-law, Christine, listener of Liquid Gold. Shout out, Christine, probably walking around your neighborhood in Denver right now. The trees slightly beginning to change, I would imagine, in your neighborhood. But uh, she had sent my wife a picture of a drink that she was doing where she was uh, using cucumber juice, which is awesome. And my wife was like, I want this. Can you make me this? And I said, sure, we could do that. And all you need to do, so if you have a juicer, it's super easy. You juice your cucumber, you could peel it and then uh, throw it through the juicer. And I'd say one cucumber, you can get up to four ounces of juice, maybe even more than that. Um, But the other thing you could do would be to peel, kind of hack it up however you can, just cut it up, throw it in the blender, add maybe a third of a cup of water to a half a cup. See, See how it goes for you. Blend that together and then strain it off with like a tea strainer. And then you've got some cucumber juice, definitely enough to make a cocktail or two or three or four with. And there you go. That's easy cucumber juice. So what we were doing, we were making cucumber basil palomas. And paloma is one of my favorite things to do with tequila and with cucumber. So I've got a frozen drink I'm going to tell you about in a second. But first, this uh, cucumber basil paloma we did. So we did, so this will make, so after blending the cucumber in the blender to get the juice, uh, rinsed out the blender, then added, and this was for two drinks, okay, added two ounces of the cucumber juice, three ounces to five ounces. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. How, how strong do you want it? Are you, is this the only drink you're going to have? You could go three to five ounces. Four ounces would be perfect of tequila. Then um, you're going to do an ounce and a half of fresh lime juice, and you are going to do a half ounce of agave syrup. You're going to add a pinch of salt, all right, and a dash of orange bitters. You're going to add that to your blender, and then you're going to do 12 ounces, okay? And if you like a little more ice, depending on how much uh, of a slushy that you want this to be, You could add up to, say, 16 ounces of ice. You could do more. You can eyeball it in your blender if you're used to having more ice. Um, Just don't overdo it because you don't want this super slushied out because that leads to our next thing. When you blend this all up, you're blending this similar to how you would do tiki and exotic drinks. You're going to blend this for about eight seconds. So you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to walk away and leave the blender just rolling. So blend it for about eight seconds. And then I would serve this in a, in a tall glass with a salted rim. And you know, I love mixing in, sneaking in a little bit of cayenne into your salt rim blend. It'll give you a little pop and it's just an amazing little salt rim hack. All right. So try that. You got your tall glass salt rim that is with a little cayenne. And then what you're going to do is you're going to throw a few leaves of basil at the very bottom of the glass, which is empty. You haven't poured in your drink yet. Throw in a couple leaves of basil at the bottom. Pour your drink in. This is enough for two, so get your glasses set up. Add the basil to the bottom. Pour your your drink in. It's an open pour because your blender's already got the ice and the drink and everything is all good to go. And then what I like to do with this variation is to add a little bit of grapefruit or lime, just sparkling water, La Croix 
or bubbly, whatever you got. Um, then you're not adding really any sugar to the mix, but you're adding some nice effervescence. And then you add a little bit more basil to the top of the drink for garnish. And you've got some basil that's going to infuse into the drink and also uh, be a lovely aromatic garnish. And then you can also peel some more cucumber and add that to the drink as well. Okay, for my frozen cucumber Paloma, which is a little bit different now, because this one is going to be more like a frozen drink, more slushy style. For this one, if you're making two, you're again going to start with the four ounces of tequila, anywhere between three and five. Four is good. It's for two people again. Then you're going to do two ounces of lime juice. All right, so an ounce of lime per drink, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. Then you're going to add an ounce, so half ounce per drink, of fresh grapefruit juice. You're going to add a little pinch of salt, okay? And you notice we don't have any sugar. That's because we're going to be using a sweet soda to top this, this frozen drink off. So you have your tequila, you have your salt, you have your grapefruit juice, you have your lime juice. And don't forget to add to the blender two ounces of cucumber juice. You're going to blend that up. And for this one, you can blend it to almost 15 to 20 seconds, depending on what kind of ice you're using, depending on how how um, intense your blender is. But you do this, you do want this one frozen drink style. And because you're adding soda to it, you can have it be pretty slushed out, pretty icy and super cold. So you blend this baby up, pour it into two glasses that have the salt rim on there. Again, similar salt rim. Do that salt rim with a little bit of cayenne mixed in or mix in whatever you like. To, uh, to add another layer of flavor to it. And then depending on your level of sweetness, you're going to top this off with the San Pellegrino grapefruit soda. Now you could go authentic style. My favorite authentic soda to use for a Paloma would be Mexican squirt. That's what Palomas were made to be drank with. I, I believe that. And it's amazing. But for this particular frozen cucumber Paloma, what you're going to do... You, you're going to be adding the San Pellegrino grapefruit soda, which has a good amount of sugar to it, but is also just insanely tasty. And you don't need much of it. So you're just topping off this frozen mixture with a little bit of San Pellegrino grapefruit soda. Trust me on this one. It is just amazing with a Paloma, like a frozen Paloma, a riff on a Paloma. And then once again, you're peeling cucumbers and adding them in. And what you can do is make this look like, and I'll post this on the on the Instagram, you can make this look like an agave plant. You stick the cucumbers out of the relatively tight ice of the frozen drink, and it'll stick out, and you can make it look very similar to an agave plant. And that's fun. You can impress your guests, impress your wife, impress your husband, your dog, your cat. But I just absolutely love this drink. This was something we stumbled onto in Mexico one time. And the only grapefruit soda that we could get, ironically, was the San Pellegrino grapefruit. Um, we just, the, the market we were closest to didn't have Jarritos grapefruit. It didn't have Mexican squirt. But for some reason, it had the San Pellegrino grapefruit. So we got it. We made these frozen Palomas. And it was one of the best drinks I had ever had. And blew me away. So that drink will knock your socks off. If you make it, please hit us up on Instagram or email us. Tell us your experience with making the frozen cucumber Paloma. I think you will just absolutely love it. And as we talked about basil before, that would also be a great garnish for this one. Um, basil, dill, parsley, mint, all those would be great um, 
with this one. Do got to throw a shout out to Brian from Knoxville who wrote in about Agave Month. Um, he said, I noticed you guys love the Blanco, but do you love any um, any of the aged tequilas out there? And yes, Brian, we do. We love all those. Um, don't drink them a whole lot just because I don't go out of my way to, to buy you know a nice aged bottle of tequila. But um, I've been at weddings where people broke out really nice bottles of tequila um, to sip on, to pass around. That sounds bizarre to think of now. But uh, I do need to give a, a shout out to TC Craft Tequila here in Nashville, who have an incredible extra aged Anejo. I believe it is aged close to nine years. It's somewhere right around eight and a half to nine years old. It drinks similar to a bourbon. It's got a real intense flavor profile. It's got some nice smoky qualities. Um, the herbaceousness that a lot of people seem to miss with aged tequilas is still present here. Um, it's a great sipper. It's great for an old fashioned. And it's one of the better extra Nejos that I've tried. And, uh, it's a Nashville product to boot. So TC Crafts Extra Anejo, check that one out if you find that in a liquor store. Um, that one is really good. And so I'm a fan of of a lot of the age stuff as well. It just seems like, you know, I'm making Palomas, I might be making a margarita, and just to sit around and read and sip on, I love the Blanco. I'm a simple man. What can I say? Um, and speaking of simple men, let's get him on the line, Mr. Kenneth Deadman. Here, coming up next. And here he is, back on the line, back in the fold. We missed you last week for Sangrita, but I get that you don't really, um, you're not going to be doing any non-alcoholic shots, so I get it. He is Kenneth Dedman, <laughs> our man in Cleveland Park. How are you today, brother? Doing well, bud. Highly caffeinated. Excellent. <laughs> Do you ever, like, drink coffee for the first hour of the day? And you get yes. so jacked up that like, and then you're like, I can't drink any more coffee. I'm too coffeeed out, but I want more coffee. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I can't, I can't really have any more. I've reached my limit. It builds up to the big crash. I started sounding like Dan Aykroyd. I can't oh, have man. any more coffee. I've already reached my limit. I can't go back. I can't go get any more coffee. Yeah. Um, I didn't prepare that. It's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. I think, uh, it's a dance. I think adding fat is the key to is the key to keeping from freaking out, which is I'm teetering, teetering on the freak out right now. I, think I, can pull it together. <laughs> I love but it. Yeah. Teetering on the freak out live on air or at least in podcast form. Yeah. Perfect. Too much caffeine. You, there's that feeling where you just start sweating in places. You don't commonly feel like you sweat. I think my toes are sweating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think my Look knee down, is sweating. Like, like the balls of your feet have sweat beads on them. It's like, oh. <laughs> hey there. <laughs> uh, longtime listener, friend, colleague. You know Nicolette right now is like, oh, you guys are so gross. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Nicolette? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, it's Agave Month. We're talking all things Agave this month here on Liquid Gold. We have um, long made the argument and the point that tequila is unfair. Why is it unfair? Well, it stimulates your brain. It stimulates your nervous system. It, uh, it goes well with everything. And you have the unfair distinction in cocktails. Salt makes everything taste better. 
Salt's amazing with tequila. So you make a cocktail, you add a little salt rim to it, and it's just a flavor explosion. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that lime, orange, um, even, say, nut milk products, say, anything from an egg white to um, an herb to a vegetable, anything that, that might be good with other spirits, like uh, like gin, whiskey, rum, some of these items are amazing with tequila, but also tequila takes it a little bit further and is so amazing with um, some more obscure ingredients. Like uh, one thing that I've always had fun um, drinking, the cocktails that you make with prickly pear. Sure. And prickly like- pear is kind of kind of your thing. Um, you've done a lot of cool cocktails with it. Certainly have overdone it, yeah. We have, uh, we've talked about it before on the show. So if you listen to the episode, this was probably a year and a half ago. We were talking with Kevin King about prickly pear and some methods. But what's so cool about this is it's all over East Nashville. Um, the rumor is there was, there were a lot of plants at, uh, Cumberland Hardware back in the seventies, late sixties. And people were planting it all over the place, and the plants have just thrived. So you do see these random cactus plants around East Nashville. Many of them are prickly pear, a fascinating ingredient. And one of the amazing things about prickly pear, and something that's hard to nail down, is what does prickly pear taste like? We were talking about this earlier this week, Kenneth. You made the mention that it's very similar to watermelon, which is classically just incredible with tequila. But what is it yeah. about prickly pear that you like so much with tequila? I think it's probably like uh, it's it's a great cocktail thickening agent as well. Like the fruit that you get and typically any syrup or shrub that you make from it is incredibly thick. It's got a lot of uh, viscosity, for lack of a better word. Um, it's, I, I guess, like another way of putting it is it's a good is stabilizer the right right word for it it kind of like it it makes for a well-bodied cocktail period yeah almost like a hydrocolloid like if you were going to add xanthan gum or cornstarch yeah. or a thickener yeah but yeah flavor wise it's i think i've always kind of associated it with a little bit of a watermelon flavor of course watermelon would be like a light a lot lighter bodied ingredient um but it also kind of has a reminiscent uh like bubblegum flavor like big league chew flavor as well somewhere in between watermelon and classic bubblegum flavor which you know it makes it i mean not necessarily just tequila but it complements a lot of other other um spirits of course vodka with anything but uh gin is really really great with some gins especially like citrusy gins um never really messed with whiskey with it but that would be a decent challenge i recently had actually um we can cover this when we get to our cider stuff but uh disc cider made here in town has a really freaking delicious uh prickly pear cider oh that's cool have you, have you tried that no i haven't tried it no oh, it's delicious man um they grow pretty much everywhere 
they they can be a wee bit invasive um for that purpose in central and south america a lot of farmers would use it as a uh as a natural fencing uh it would keep a lot of your say goats sheep whatever farm animals that you have on premises it would definitely do that yeah, like Fidel Castro planted a bunch of prickly pear around Guantanamo Bay in the early 60s to prevent defection from Cuba. Wow. Yeah, pretty neat. Prickly pear is like a perfect name for it because the fruit actually has incredibly small barbs on it that are almost impossible to get out of your hand. Therefore, it's really it's really important to like handle them with uh maybe some rubber gloves on you can burn you can burn those barbs off that's a pretty fun way of getting rid of them if you've got a a small torch at home if you just wash them um a good couple of times they'll be ready for use as well yeah you could wash them and take a paring knife and like slice off that that nub that you see where the where the where one of those main thorns was Right. Yeah. yeah. I usually just use a peeler, um, and it's a messy job. It's it's uh, got a really really bright, vibrant pigment. That's why it was used. It was used in uh, in Mexico. A lot of traditional Roman Roman Catholic churches were actually painted with uh, the juices of uh, prickly pear cactus. But it's also known as a paddle cactus. So like prickly pear paddle cactus it looks like a bunch of kind of like ping pong paddles growing out of the ground with spikes (laughs) yeah so prickly pear can be um can be kind of tough to find here in nashville we've obviously got them growing all around and i know that you can find them at markets in town and usually uh That 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 thorn has been lopped off when you when you purchase them at the at the market. Not always, but um, and then another thing that I wanted to mention was there is a Sioux City prickly pear soda. That is that it's really cool. They make artisanal sodas, and their prickly pear is really good. There's a prickly pear liqueur um, from Italy that is available here in Tennessee at least, and it is uh, it's called prickly, spelled P R I Q L Y. And it is great in cocktails, um, especially tequila cocktails, mezcal cocktails. Um, you said it was Italian? It is Italian, yeah. That's great, yeah. So uh, the prickly pear plant, it's actually, I mean, it's indigenous to the Americas, but it's been cultivated pretty much everywhere by now. Um, well, you remember those scenes in Godfather 2 when he's, uh, when he's walking around like the deserts of southern Italy? It, it looks sure. like it looks like the desert. Um, it's pretty. It's a pretty arid area, and there's prickly pear all over those areas. Yeah, yeah. No, they grow in all kinds of environments. Um, of course, uh, I guess the, it's a subtropical um, cactus, so it grows better in um, in those kind of climates. But I'm I've seen them. I've seen them up in um, the Rocky Mountains before, in certain parts of the Rocky Mountains, coming out of the, coming out of like the Colorado desert. Um, seen them around there a good bit, actually. If you are going to pick these up at um, at your local um, Hispanic market, uh, they will be under the name Tuna. 
spelled just like the fish. Oh yeah, good point. Um, and if you, yeah, if, honest, honestly, like if you if you start asking a grocer if they have prickly pear, they're not going to really know what you're talking about. At least, at least in those markets. So remember to ask for tuna. And and typically they're, I mean, they're one of a kind fruits. So uh, there there aren't a lot of other. There aren't any other fruits that I know of that that look quite like it. It's one of a kind, indeed. And then another thing for the Italian connection, and this is a soda I believe you can find even at supermarkets like Kroger and stuff. You can find it on Amazon, but it's San Pellegrino's prickly pear and orange soda, which yes, is which I is awesome. Yeah, and that would That's be incredible really... for a for like a prickly pear Paloma riff. Yeah, be a great early morning beverage before i drink too much coffee yeah get a little uh little fizz in your stomach before you blast it with coffee <laughs> now is the time that it's time <laughs> all right now it's time for it's back booze news with kenneth Deadman. late summer 2020 edition dog days of summer mike and poor 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 california we got the pandemic, a crashing economy, and now wildflower, wildflowers, <laughs> wildfires are springing up all over California's uh, wine country. Napa and Sonoma are particularly taking it incredibly hard. Um, that fire is called the Lightning Complex, which uh, I don't know if you've any of you have caught the news this week. The fire is burning so hot that it's actually generating lightning. It's burned somewhere in the ballpark of 130,000 acres and really, really just hard, hard blow to the, to the wine industry right now. You don't necessarily um, need a winery or a vineyard to burn to ruin the crop. I mean, the smoke damage itself is is out of control. Like it it it, it will ruin it'll ruin your crop just just in a matter of days of heavy smoke. Which is something that I didn't really think about until my most recent trip to California. I don't know if if you know this, Mike, but California has uh, legalized recreational marijuana. And every once in a while at the dispensaries, you'll come across a, a deal on recreational or medicinal marijuana. And you have to wonder, well, it looks beautiful. Um, what's the, why is it so cheap? Well, some of them, if, upon smelling them, just smell like smoke, like, like a burnt redwood. And, uh, and it tastes that way, too. So it's kind of how I learned to apply that to the, to the grape is smoke damage itself uh it's a real crop killer yeah so do you so, so this will change the flavor of a lot of those wines yeah i mean some some grapes are shitty enough to where it might help but but uh but no not i mean we talk about napa and sonoma which are pretty synonymous synonymous with high quality american wine this is uh this is a real bummer and uh there's no real end in sight it's approaching the end of august and they've got uh they've got another two solid months of uh of dry heat there which is not boating well at all so i give a shout out and uh basically good luck to um 
to all of our friends out there in California's wine region. Can't really make a good joke about it because it's 2020 and everyone's taking some pretty heavy hits pretty much in in every possible way, huh? Yeah, um, I wanted to mention a couple ways people could help. I know there's there's uh, so much going on in the world right now, but if people want to shift their focus to helping out with this, um, and they are animal and pet lovers like us, uh, there's Herd and Flock Animal Sanctuary in Vacaville. They were forced to evacuate, and their animals are seeing some troubles there. They've been relocated to Charlie's Acres. Um, you can also donate to Direct Relief, they are accepting donations. The Napa Valley Community Disaster Relief Fund and uh, the Food Bank for Monterey County also um, looking for donations there. So there's some ways you can help. With that, we're going to go to Japan, Mike, at the uh, Yukio Art ex- Exhibition in Tokyo, which is running through late September. Unfortunately, I don't think many Americans are going to make it to Japan anytime soon. But uh, said art exhibition is featuring a woodprint, uh, woodblock print art from the mid-18th century by Haranobu Suzuki, depicting a husband and wife feeding a rooster sake. Mm. Uh, presumably, uh, this was a an attempt to um, make the rooster oversleep. Therefore, said husband and wife could stay up late, party on a Friday night, and sleep in on a Saturday. Been trying to find some sort of science to this and whether or not getting a rooster drunk, whether or not it actually keeps them in bed. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, it's a beautiful print. We'll post it on our Instagram. <laughs> it's uh, if anything, it's a it's a neat little thing to entertain because this was a time before alarm clocks when we depended on roosters to start our day. But you know, we're human and we all want to sleep in every once in a while, I suppose. Yeah, I can I, with with you know now that now that we've got the two dogs and they they both want to get up at six in the morning. Along with our son, yeah, I uh, I might have to look into getting some sake for everybody. <laughs> I'm kidding. Do you get to sleep in very much, Mike? No, I don't remember. You don't really strike me as the sleep in type anyway. Like, no. seems like it would disturb you. Like, yeah. <laughs> got to get the paper. Oh, <laughs> uh, read the papers. Read the papers. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, in Gen News. Aviation Gen, um, known primarily by one of its owners, Ryan Reynolds, uh, Hollywood heartthrob, has been sold to alcohol giant Diageo. The cost of the deal is somewhere in the neighborhood of $600 million, uh, paying right around $300 million up front with a potential for $300 more uh, based on the performance over the next 10 years. Uh, this is kind of the same deal that an equally untalented actor named George Clooney got with uh, with his Casa Amigo brand, also sold to Diageo. Whoa, uh, you're, you're putting Clooney and Reynolds in the same camp? As bad actors, yeah. Oh, my God. Name what? Name Name a good movie. Name a good George Clooney movie. He's amazing in Michael Clayton. Amazing. Nah, I haven't seen that. 
I, uh, you need to watch. I it. guess he. I was just spoiled. I just the guy ruined it early in his career to me. Like there was always this. He always played the exact same character from from Dust Till Dawn to like to Batman, Batman from ER, Batman Forever. <laughs> where he he was always this like cool guy that talked down to everyone. It kind of just rubbed rubbed me the wrong way. I know a lot of guys like that, and not necessarily a big fan. You need to see uh, Michael Clayton. That's an amazing movie, and he's really good in it. Okay, well, we'll see when it. Back to Ryan Reynolds, who you're welcome to disparage openly on this podcast. Sheesh! I don't know. What did I? I, I sent you a string of texts about the guy last night. I can't really remember anything that I said. I was. Yeah, you were testing out some material. <laughs> What was it? Uh, if Ryan Reynolds was a pizza, we get sushi. <laughs> that was horrible. It's not bad. Well, I mean, Aviation Gen is pretty is pretty delicious. Not a big fan of the name, but I am a fan of the Aviation Cocktail. Yeah, it's a good one. It's one of my. It's probably one of my favorite Gen cocktails of all time. We went over two really fun aviation riffs and recipes back on our Violet episode that was from early in quarantine but you can go back to the episodes late march early april we talked about violets and the aviation and all that good stuff yeah a good citrusy floral cocktail on the porch right now sounds sounds great gotta beat the heat some way possible man and then uh i have to add this the hangover cure we gotta mention this uh, this this was a very recent story this was out yesterday i believe uh bloomberg reported on this a hangover cure was successfully tested on drunk subjects in finland where they have a big uh, binge drinking problem with more than a half a million Finns are considered at risk from excessive drinking they did a randomized double blind study that had 19 healthy male volunteers consuming alcohol doses of 1.5 grams per kilogram over three hours in a controlled setting and then a dose of 1,200 milligrams of an amino acid called L-cysteine was found to reduce alcohol-related nausea and headache, while a dose of 600 milligrams of the amino acid helped to alleviate stress and anxiety. And I think one of the things... So this is a relatively small study, but they said that uh, this amino acid helped to cut the risk of alcohol addiction as well. So... They might have cured the hangover in the midst of all this um, COVID-19 craziness. Where do you think they derived that from? I think I had heard of a story similar to this and unrelated that Kudzu did a lot of these things too. I wonder where that stuff comes from. Well, we'll have to follow up on that story and see how that plays out. A tub of ice cream and uh, an extra beer might might not be the best way to do it. Yeah, it's not going to cut it anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I did read that uh, L-cysteine has previously been used to treat arthritis and hardening of arteries, as well as certain lung diseases, which might might come in handy. Might come in handy as we uh, as we deal with this respiratory disease. Maybe not. Um, therapeutics. Do you know anything about the therapeutics yet on that? Are we getting to a point? Or we can get back to work, Mike. Getting closer. I mean, the uh, bars in Nashville went back to modified phase two. Bars are opening, having around 25 guests or so. So it's good that some are able to open and people can go back out if they if they really want to. 
But yeah, it's we. It still seems like we are. Uh, Fauci likes the baseball metaphors. It seems like we're still in like the third or fourth inning on this thing. Mm, mm. That sounds about right. Yeah. I can tell you well, the the Vanderbilt emergency room is not slowing down in one bit. Bummer, man. Um, that's that. I, I figure that's one big shout out we should we should give. I know that there's plenty of public service announcements on on television. But um, I think doctors and nurses and support staff in hospitals are are incredibly drained right now. They're tired. They're overworked, and they have no end in sight. So buy them a beer, buy them a buy them a bottle of wine, and thank them for their continued hard work and their service. We love them, and thank you for saying that. And uh, I totally agree. We love them, and thank you to all the heroes out there working so hard in the face of so much adversity. It's just, uh, it's crazy. Keep on trucking. Yep. Got to keep on trucking out here, but yeah, uh, y'all have our full support. Um, if there's anything we can do, let us know if we've made any mistakes on our podcast that need correction, please, please let us know. But also, yeah, if there's anything we can do to, to support, um, the medical, uh, industry (laughs) um we'd be happy to help yep as always email us liquidgoldpod at gmail.com you can find us on instagram at liquidgold underscore pod streaming all over at weownthistown.net and all your favorite podcast apps subscribe give us a rating mess with us talk some trash please do i've got the in connection with tennessee action for hospitality who's been doing amazing work helping helping service industry folks um, in times of need. We've got the ebook, Lost Spring, How We Cocktailed Through Crisis. Kenneth, you've got a recipe in there. Um, Certainly do. We'll share that next week on the pod, your uh, morning glory daytime drinking cocktail. That will be out here Tuesday, August 25th. And we'll have a link posted for that. It's an ebook. The cost is $6.99. It's like a it's like a happy hour drink. Seven bucks. And you get all these beautiful thoughts, a lot of honest, wise words from bartenders all over Nashville and beyond. There's tons of cocktails in there. I feel like there's almost 45 to 50 cocktail recipes in there. I write a few essays in there. I did an introduction. There's some cool photography. And uh, also our homegirl Jessica Bacchus provide some uh, wine pairings with frozen food. How 2020 is that? (laughs) Uh, So look forward to that. We'll We'll be getting the word out on this podcast about that. Lots more to come as we wrap up Agave Month and extend it a little bit where we talk about a cousin of Agave so tall. We'll be hitting up Adam Morgan from Husk and talking to him in about a week or two. We got to get into Mezcal, so we might have to call Gabe from Bar Sovereign. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Plenty to get into here as we get through summer with our homies. My name's Mike Wolf. As always, great to have you along here. And for my co-host, Mr. Kenneth Edmond. Kenneth, you hang in there, buddy. Thanks, bud. Will do. Try and find some of that prickly pear orange soda. I am on my way. Where'd (laughs) you get that again? It's on Amazon. I have seen it at the grocery store before. Cool. Yeah, All prickly right. pear and orange. It's a San Pellegrino soda. Yeah. They're not sponsoring this episode, but they probably should be. Oh, that would be the big one. Darren, get on that. That's the big one. Thanks, Darren. 
All right, we'll see y'all next time on Liquid Gold.